This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. From KYW News Radio 1039 FM, this is Bridging Philly, connecting our communities on the issues that matter to you. Presented by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Hi, I'm Raquel Williams, and welcome to Bridging Philly. Heating and cooling your home can get expensive, especially now. But for those who qualify, there is help to keep the costs down. We chat with members of Philadelphia's Energy Coordinating Agency about their recently announced water heater emergency fund, and we'll get some tips on how to efficiently cool your home this summer. Is there a water tank program? No. What? Let's not make people's kitchens their bathrooms. Let's make their kitchen their kitchen and the bathroom the bathroom. It's all coming up on Bridging Philly. Welcome to Bridging Philly. Well, here's something that we already know. Inflation has set in and the cost of just about everything has been going up, but our incomes have not been going up much. Well, one area where people can especially experience sticker shock is your home heating and cooling costs. We want to make sure that everyone is aware of the programs available to them to help keep those costs down. Joining me today are two representatives from Philadelphia's Energy Coordinating Agency. We have with us Steve Luxton, who is CEO of ECA. And Lorraine Horton, who is Director of Community Programs for ECA. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Well, I know the hot weather we're experiencing with that. It might be a little hard for people to think about heating, but now is the time, of course, to prepare for winter. But recently, ECA announced the Philadelphia Water Heater Emergency. Tell us about the fund and how that came about. Yes. Uh, well, the, the the driver for the fund was just based on calls that we've received at ECA for decades. This program has uh, been a long time coming. And um, with our uh, city-funded heater hotline, we receive plenty of calls about whether or not we replace water heaters. And of course, we always have to give the unfortunate answer that we can only address heating systems, even though it seems like they could be side by side. Unfortunately, all the dedicated funding that we have can only go to heating systems. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've been getting calls from the community uh, about lack of hot water in the wintertime, and is usually their heating or their water heaters? Yes, usually their water heaters. Mm. They give a call out saying that they, they don't have, you know, it's not working. I got a 30 gallons of water in the basement because it's, you know, it bursts in the basement. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the seniors. And seniors have gone for a long time without hot water tanks and having to boil water downstairs, and they want to carry it upstairs to put it in the bathtub. 
pretty dangerous. Dangerous. Then there's yeah. a lot of health issues that people need water, especially people with arthritis and certain things that they have to, you know, soak and bathe in their tubs. And without that resource, you know, these people are they're pretty vulnerable out there with no hot water tank. And the price of hot water tanks are expensive, and it doesn't fit into their Social Security budget or mm-hmm. their their welfare budgets. And they got kids, and everybody's washing up in the kitchen. That's where the, oh that's, where, that's where you boil the water, so that's where you wash up. Wow. So wow. Uh, this this money coming through was uh, was a great, great benefit for the city. Well, talk about how the grant came about, actually, Steve. Uh, well, part of... Uh, my job, I'll call it, uh, is to always look for funding opportunities. And of course, that's what I do. I speak with corporate folks, philanthropic folks, and also elected officials, legislators. And just as what a call that I had with Senator Street's office, I had mentioned to him with a list of things, but I, I think that what stood out was the water heater emergency fund. Uh, and I, I explained to him that there's probably at this very moment, there's probably thousands of low-income households in Philadelphia mm-hmm. that are subsisting on just using cold water or heating it up on the uh, stove, as Lorraine uh, described. So I, I asked him for it, and I think there was a nanosecond of hesitation, if there was any hesitation, mm-hmm. and he agreed to fund it. And that uh, beyond made my day. It made ECA's day because we've all been hoping for uh, some type of uh, seed money to get mm-hmm. this fund uh, happening. Okay. And he made it happen. Well, how much seed money is ECA receiving for this? Uh, $150,000. It's quite quite the seed. It's quite the <laughs> it's, it's a big seed and awesome. very grateful seed as well. Okay. Yeah. So with that, um, how many families are you anticipating helping? As Lorraine mentioned, costs have gone up, mm-hmm. uh, which is bad news for all, us, all of us, of course. We're seeing that everywhere. But now that water heaters are approaching $2,000, yeah. we're hoping that we hopefully could put in at least 100 at this point in time. Okay. You would think hearing $150,000, that could be thousands or 1,000 people. But unfortunately, the reality is that it hopefully uh, at least 100, maybe 200 families at this point in time, without additional funding, we can serve. And we, we have a waiting list of about 135 people. Wow. Okay. Since I've been aware of, since we were notified that we received the funding. So that's how short of time it, it took just to accumulate that many uh, names of uh, households that need a water heater. Talk about the, the water heater hotline and the calls that they field and how the water heater hotline is going to be involved with this program, how this works. As, well, what we, we plan to do is... Uh, I'm not quite sure how we're going to get the customers. I think a lot of them are coming through our neighborhood energy centers because mm-hmm. uh, we have 16 locations all over the city, and uh, they give us referrals. There's this client down the street that needs a hot water tank, got five kids, and now hot water tank bursts. So this is how we're hoping to get um, people to find out where they are in, in, in this situation and to be able to try to help them. So we do use our, our neighborhood energy centers. Also, our heater hotline program and our weatherization program are in homes daily. Mm-hmm. And when they walk in and they see, you know, certain things that's going on, they're able to, you know, get back with us and say, hey, this house needs a hot water tank or, you know, this house needs another heater or they got a broken oil tank. So we really eyeball these customers every day. So uh, that's going to be a big support in how we get people through the gate. Now, ECA never replaced water heaters. You do replace heaters. 
but you've never been able to replace water heaters before. Is that correct? Uh, not on a standalone basis. Right. We can okay. do it okay. uh, depending on the funding. Uh, for, for example, um, we also are the uh, weatherization provider through the DOE uh, in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and they will allow it to be replaced only as part of the weatherization effort to lower the energy burden in that home. But uh, we can't go to Mrs. Smith's house and just solely replace a water heater. Every program seems to go around the water heater hmm. oddly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of uh, the low-income um, residents that you serve, they are in these homes that are you know, older homes for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were talking about inflation and things being expensive and what they are, and of course, water heaters, $2,000, it can be pretty difficult to dig that deep in the pocketbook to, to try to replace that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And the cleanup behind it, because once that sometimes it's just a little leak, but sometimes that whole tank empties out in someone's basement. So, yeah, uh, yeah so it is a process. And, and, and it's and it's really sad. And especially when you have elderly people that live alone and say, oh, well, my husband used to handle everything, but he's gone now. Or yeah. my kids used to help me, but they live in another state. So you get a lot of. You know, it's a lot of sad stories and, you know, you want to help everybody, but there's just no funding. I'm just hoping that um, this $150,000 will show the city that we do need more money and that people are calling and they're reaching out, not because they want another hot water tank. It's just there's no hot water going on. You know, this is the broken piece in the basement, you know. So, uh, yeah, you got families that are going to family, other families' houses just to take a shower. You know, so, yeah, uh, yeah it's 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 sad. Yeah. These are the stories that, you know, people don't really talk about t- too much. Right. Um, they just kind of move in silence, do what they have to do and, you know, just endure and deal. But um, I- I'm glad that this money is coming in to help uh, to help a few folks. What's the average life of a water heater? And, you know, you were talking about bursting. And I, from what I understand, you actually should replace it before it goes, because when it goes, then you've got more damage and more things to pay for, right? So tell me about the life of a water heater and how that whole thing works. <laughs> the uh, average water heater um, lasts anywhere from 12 to 15 years. It's kind of a range rather than just give you 11 years. It, it truly is 12 to 15 years, and they can go beyond that. But realistically, if you can get at least uh, that many years out of it, it, as they say, it doesn't owe you any money. Um there really isn't a system out there that lasts any longer than that. And in terms of being proactive and just replacing it to ward off that, that disaster that can happen when mm-hmm. that 40-gallon cylinder in your basement decides to just collapse, um, which can be catastrophic in some cases if you're not home, um, mm-hmm. perhaps away for a weekend and you yeah. come home to a foot of water in your basement. It has happened. Yeah. Um, so it is tough to, to predict and human nature is such that when it comes to a big appliance, uh, water heaters, refrigerators, we generally don't replace them until they break. It's just human nature, right. I think. So unfortunately, uh, I'll put myself in that category. We kind of wait for the problem to occur, and then we decide, <laughs> oh, I should have done this, and then we do it. Right, right. Because, yeah, because it costs money, too. And yes. you kind of think, oh, we can go another year. Let's go another year. Exactly. And, yeah, well, I know about that. Some people can't get in their basements. And oh. so they have no idea that it's leaking. And then they turn the water on and it's never getting hot. And they just don't know that there's a bunch of water in your <laughs> on your floor in the wow. basement. So uh, that's another thing, too. A lot of the sick and elderly people, you got handicapped people in wheelchairs, they're not going in the basement. And most of the people that come in their house is thinking about more of, of helping them as a caretaker than saying, okay, well, let me go in your basement and see if there's water in your basement. So uh, 
those are the people that I'm really afraid for, you know. Those yeah. people that live alone can't get down to the basement. They they are blind and don't know what's going on. So uh this this program is just I'm just excited because I I worked with Heater Hotline program for many years before I came over to ECA. That's how I got there from working with Heater Hotline. Okay. And that was back in the eighties and people were asking for hot water tanks then. And wow. we and I and I my first day on the job was Somebody needed a hot water tank in, in some sometime in that period, and I'm like, "Is there a hot water tank program? No, what? You know, <laughs> let's ta- let's not make people's kitchens their bathrooms. Let's let them make their kitchen their kitchen right. and the bathroom the bathroom." <laughs> you know, you've mentioned this a couple of times, and 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 since this is an area that you were pretty familiar with before, you know, coming on board, you know, talk to me about some of those different experiences. Um, you know, I, I guess you know we want to drive home the the point that there are so many people that are dealing with this and just have got become accustomed to using their kitchen as a bathroom. Because a lot of people don't know where to go yeah. for help. You have people that work for many years, was never eligible for a program, so they don't even know about programs. And then all of a sudden now you are in that situation and you don't know where to go. Well, the Neighborhood Energy Centers. That's why I constantly push the Neighborhood Energy Centers to go there. Find out whether you're eligible. Don't just think that you're not eligible. Apply and see because you just don't know. And so now with COVID and people lost their jobs, some people haven't gone back, and they've, they've never had to use these programs before, so they don't know where to go. They don't realize that things are free. So we try to constantly let people know on our on our uh, touring around the city and our tabling events like here take this information oh well I'm not eligible but you might know somebody that is so mm-hmm. you know don't pass by something cuz it could be somebody in your family that you don't know is suffering from something that they don't have in their homes and you go oh I got this brochure for you know for this so yeah neighborhood and you send is the way to go yeah yeah where is this going to also generate jobs? I'm wondering who's going to be installing the new water heaters. How does that work? Yes. Um, ECA is a multifaceted uh, organization. So we also have a very large green energy training center. So that folds very nicely into our plan because we also teach on vocational skills such as plumbing, electrical, carpentry, and so on. So we are going to develop the plumbing skills with our students, and we largely deal with a very diverse population. Uh, we're located in North Philadelphia, and we we are dedicated to serving the disadvantaged communities, and that's really who we are trying to train and uh, get them established with a skilled trade as well. So that that also works into the Water Heater Emergency Fund as well, uh, a workforce opportunity as well. Wow. So I wanted to get into some of the work the, that uh, ECA does uh, overall, helping families with energy efficiency and things of that nature. And you were just talking about the, the Green Jobs Training Center. Uh, talk about, you know, the number of students, uh, I guess, per year that are in those, uh, those programs and uh, how they're attracted to it. Where do you get them from? We get our students through a variety of different pipelines or sources. Uh, we work with Agencies in Philadelphia, from Philadelphia Works to uh, CTS to OIC. We also work with ESPIRA, which is a mm-hmm. Hispanic charter school system, national school system. And uh, recently we've started working with second largest cyber school system in Pennsylvania, uh, Commonwealth uh, Charter Academy. And we're also going to be uh, working with uh, their students as well and uh, sharing uh, hands-on skills. 
This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Let's talk more about the Neighborhood Energy Centers. Can you tell me about what they are and, and how people utilize them? I love to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I love to talk about the Neighborhood Energy Centers because okay. they're so resourceful. Uh, the Neighborhood Energy Centers, I, I call them the bridge between the community and the utility companies and other resources uh, because they take LIHEAP applications, they take CAP applications for PGW, they take CRP applications for PGW, um, they take applications for the water department. Uh, they are some, some of them also are housing counselors. We're first-time home buyers. So it's a, it's a one-stop shop for just about any utility or home resource needs that folks are looking for. And uh, we do budget counseling with these with, with the clients that come in, especially the ones with the shut-off notices. And so we'll take their help, their overall household income and just go down the line. Like, how often do you get your hair done? How often do you go shopping? How often do you buy this? How often do you buy that? And we kind of take a look at that and say, well, you know, you if you cut down, maybe you get the hair done once. Or, you know, maybe <laughs> right. don't buy 10 pairs of shoes, buy five. You know, and, <laughs> and we, we try to show them where their money is. And sometimes, actually, when you put it on paper and they see where money yeah. is going, yeah. you know, it kind of helps them to say, oh, okay, yeah, you know, and my son, he works, you know, <laughs> and he could be giving a little something. So we try to bring that into play. And we also do um, uh, energy counseling uh, because when they come in with their bills, because they may have a, sh- a shut off notice and we try to show them, you know, different things that they could do, which Steve will be talking about, the tips that we give them to kind of do things for themselves. Uh, PGW has given us a contract for years that we do um, conservation workshops and we do them all over the city. We do them for churches. We do them for schools. We do them for different community out, you know, outreach programs and all. And we uh, educate them on how air flows through the house, like mm-hmm. to let them know, like, how it comes in, how it goes out, why you're losing heat. And we give them materials so that they can kind of do a self-help. You know, they might have a window, that one leaky window, and we give, uh, we give a window kit. We show them how to use the window kit. We show them how to use caulk. We show them how to use more tight. We show them how to use the door sweeps. And they walk out with all these products. And these are products that you can get from, from any hardware store, any yeah, local yeah. hardware store. But these are products that I think I need to familiarize yeah. myself yeah. with. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, and, and, and we, every year up until the pandemic, because that was a little, a little challenge and yeah. we had to end up doing it on Zoom as opposed to doing it in person. But we make sure that everybody gets these kits. And then we were also funded by uh, Grandum Oil Foundation to be able to do the same thing for oil clients. And we demonstrate how these products are used. And we actually have them come up and caulk something, caulk something, put up a window kit. And, and we also do them through our neighborhood energy center. So each one of them will do two or three workshops a year for their communities so that they can say, okay, well, you know, I got a leaky door. Oh, yeah, well, here's, the, you know, all these products that can help you. So that's pretty much what they do. They help with all kinds of um, applications, mm-hmm. you know, uh, assist with people come in and say, oh, well, my bill is so high. Okay, well, PICO has the CRP program, but they also have other budget programs. Let's talk about that. Right. 
PGW, the water department, and we do, we flyer the areas all over the city to say, hey, this is LAHEAP time. If you have got a shutoff notice, come see us. So we are pretty much the bridge for the community and, and their resources. So it's a lot of information that you have available for for um, for your clients, and it's all free of charge, of course. All free of charge. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. That's tremendous. You were talking about the airflow and, the, and that you may be losing air in some, you know, areas of your home, maybe not getting as much heat, maybe not getting, you know, as much uh, cool air. And that's all very interesting. Are people surprised when they learn all of these different ways that they can conserve energy and maybe, you know, more efficiently heat and cool their homes? Oh, they come to the workshops all the time. All we have to say is there's a PGW workshop, there's a Grandom workshop, and the house is full. Wow, that's awesome. So what about the bill payment assistance? You mentioned that a moment ago, that you will help people uh, with their heating and cooling bills, how do you help? What is what is that like? Well, they come in with the shutoff notice or we see that their bill is really, really high and they're putting out a lot of money on it. Then we talk, we talk to them about the various programs that there's different tiers of of, uh, of, of uh, budget programs that mm-hmm. people can get. So it's really based on the household mm-hmm. and it's based on people's income and, and their usage. So if they are really, really high users and their incomes are, are very, very low, sometimes the CRP program might work for you. If that doesn't work, then the, 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 the utility companies are really trying their best to try to find certain ways to be able to make it comfortable for people to make their payment assistance. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, they're, you know, they're just trying to rob us of all their money. And no, they're trying to find ways to be able to help the low-income community by having certain tiers that they can go under to be able to fit their budgets. And then they got the TAP program for the water department. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people can use the TAP. Then they, they brought out a new program, the LIWAP program, uh, which is kind of like, a, I think, a forgiveness program. If you get in it, you can, you know, pay these bills for a certain amount of time and some of it may be forgiven. There's a lot of different technical things about it uh, that the energy centers are aware of because we make sure that they're educated uh, on, on, we bring in all the utility companies every year to do an annual conference to be able to update our, our staff and the NECs on what's going, what the changes are and how to help these people. So we get a lot of training on that, constant okay. training. Okay. All right, Steve, energy efficiency. I know that's your area of expertise. We've got questions. Uh, and of course, everyone can actually learn and get some tips on how to get their, you know, have their homes more energy efficient. What are some of the tips for summertime, for this time of year where, you know, we're going to open up our bills and say, oh, my goodness, look how much I've spent on cooling my home. And I can talk about some of the arguments that I've had in my home with my husband <laughs> as far as what's too hot, what's too cold, what, where is the sweet spot? We can get to that, too. Um, what are some general tips that you give people uh, when it comes to cooling their homes in the summer? And that's a, a, a good subject to talk about because, uh, first of all, there, there, is a, uh, there is a difference. My many years in this industry, I've found that uh, just a man and a woman in a house can have very diverse opinions on what's comfortable. But uh, if you really want to save energy during the summertime, uh, we need to keep cool. You could either move to Canada for the summer <laughs> um, or just unplug your refrigerator and, or, excuse me, your air conditioner and just uh, suffer. But no, oh, seriously, mm-hmm. air conditioning, of course, is a necessity. Uh, it's always been argued in, in the low-income space that it was looked at more as a luxury, mm. but it, it truly is a necessity. 
Every year we hear about folks that have suffered heat stress and strokes in, in their homes because they just uh, uh, they suffer. Right. So um, if folks have the ability to at least put one room air conditioner in one room and they just stay in that, that's probably the most economical way. Uh, we strongly encourage using fans with air conditioning. So the first objection that we might get when we suggest uh, to a homeowner that maybe they want to complement that air conditioner with using a, a, a fan. It could yeah. be a ceiling fan. Mm-hmm. It could be, it could be a, a floor-mounted fan. The thinking is, or the, the rationale behind that is that uh, cold air is a very dense air. So when if you could see it as it comes out of your grill or your room air conditioner, it falls. It's very dense. So it starts from your floor and works its way up ever so slowly to the ceiling. And um, if you have a fan, that speeds up that whole process exponentially. And the fan is so energy efficient. It's just, that's just the way they are. You don't have to look for an energy efficient fan because they simply are energy efficient. So the minimal cost of running that fan will be more than offset uh, when you run your air conditioner because it'll just... uh, cool the room quicker, which mm-hmm. means your AC will shut off sooner, mm-hmm. which means your electric meter will not spin quite as quickly as it did prior to that. So yeah, it's yeah. counterintuitive, I think, for most folks, but I strongly suggest using a fan with your air conditioner at low speed, and that will make your air conditioning feel like it never has before. Now, of course, if you're using a ceiling fan, and, and I learned this uh, a few years ago, make sure it's turning in the right direction for winter and summer, right? Talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, that that's now we're getting into granular. <laughs> but if you really want to be as good as you can be and, and maximize your opportunity to save money, uh, put your ceiling fan in a counterclockwise direction. Right. Counterclockwise. There's a little bidirectional switch. Uh, if you have a remote, usually it's right on the remote. And if it's counterclockwise, what it does is that it pushes up that, that cold air on the floor and brings it up. It sort of creates a vortex mm-hmm. without sounding too technical. Mm-hmm. Um, but other things folks should do that are very simple, you don't need to go out to a big box store to do this, is look at the filter on your air conditioner. If you have central air, it's in your furnace, the same place where your heat comes from. Or if you have a uh, room air conditioner, um, the filter usually is right in the grill, but that's very important. A lot of mm-hmm. times they get neglected, and there's no surprise why you're not feeling cool because the air is essentially being stifled, Right, and that right. happens a lot. So a simple changing or cleaning of the filter can make all the difference. The ideal temperature setting, uh, sort of like the equivalent of 55 miles per hour, which yeah. that's what they say we should be doing, but a lot of people will do a little more than that. And this is the same, I think, with uh, the ideal cooling temperature that is considered enough to cool the house, but also not going to drive up your bill uh, excessively. And that's 75 degrees. Seven, really? Now, I, that always gets I'm gonna a reaction. I'm going to bring that home because <laughs> I like that. Yes. Because, you know, my husband has it at Arctic. You know, <laughs> that's the setting he puts it on. I'm like, it's too cold. And all right, so 75 with the use of fans can be very comfortable. It can be very comfortable. Mm-hmm. It can be very comfortable. And uh, conversely, uh, the ideal heating temperature, again, the equivalent of 55 miles per hour mm-hmm. is 72. Okay. So that kind of finds the folks who like a cooler space and the folks that want a little more heat. Mm-hmm. It seems to satisfy somewhat uh, anyway, but 75 has always been considered the ideal 
uh, air conditioning setting. And really the bottom line with air conditioning is taking the humidity out of the air. Oh. So that's that old thing for anybody who's been out in the West Coast and they say, oh, it's a dry heat. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're, they're right. Yeah. When you take the moisture out of the heated air, we call it humidity, uh, suddenly that air feels much cooler for all of us East yeah. Coast folks. What about if you have multiple floors in your home because it's always more difficult to heat that top floor than it is the bottom floors. Yes. Uh, and that's due, again, due to the nature of cold yeah. air, it wants to sink. So any, if you do have central air, for example, or a heat pump, which are increasingly, uh, uh, becoming, uh, uh, more going in homes in Philadelphia because of the decarbonization where folks are trying to get rid of fossil fuel. Okay. So we're going with heat pumps. But if you do have a central air system and you've got a multi-floored home, uh, it, it's absolutely just pure physics if the second floor and or the third floor is warmer than the first floor because all that cold air is sinking. It's sort of yeah. falling along the floor, going down the stairs, believe it or not, and accumulating in the first floor and making the first floor much colder than the second floor. And the problem with that is it's going to satisfy the brain or what we also call the thermostat, mm-hmm. it's on the wall, it only senses air within the immediate uh, 10 square feet around it. So it's sensing a nice, cool environment, so it's going to stop calling for cold air. Right. Meanwhile, second and third floors are losing their cold air. So that's how you get into that disparity in multi-storied homes. And the only thing you can do about that is have your air conditioning system balanced. It is possible to allow for more air to go to the, the second story, less air to the first floor, and that sort of finds a sweet spot that might reach a happy medium. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it is a challenge to do that. Even in this day and age with all the sophistication and technology we have at our disposal, that is still a very common problem. And I would like to plug weatherization, something that most folks associate with uh, lowering their heating bill. Well, whatever we do to a home to stop heat from leaving from the inside out, that insulation, that caulking, and and whatever measures we've installed in that home to prevent that, it works just as well as preventing heat from the outside, unwanted heat, coming into the home. In other words, during the summertime, that insulation in your attic is actually doing a great job at stopping all that heat that accumulates on the roof getting into that second floor. So strongly encourage folks to get your home weatherized because it it truly has a year-round benefit, especially as we're seeing hotter temperatures here in Philadelphia during the summer times. All right. Well, if you want to get uh, your home weatherized, if you need more heating tips and cooling tips and you want to be more energy efficient and, of course, not uh, break the bank while you're doing all of that, ECA is the place to help you out. How can people get in touch with you to get more uh, information? Our website, www.ecasavesenergy.org. Yeah, so we're going to make you the energy police of your house, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got an energy police at the house. Okay, okay. See, my husband thinks he's it, but no, because yeah. everything is too cold. Yeah. It's too cold all the time. All right, Lorraine Horton and Steve Luxton uh, with Energy Coordinating Energy uh, Agency of Philadelphia. Thank you so much for joining us today on Bridging Philly. Thank you so much for having us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for Bridging Philly, brought to you by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Be sure to connect with us on Twitter at Bridging Philly and with me at Raquel on Air. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast. I'm Raquel Williams. Be well.
Bridging Philly continues in a moment.